Please turn with me to Psalm 119. I'd like to consider verses 33 through 40. It's always difficult for me to pick to pick a psalm. Um, and once I decided on Psalm 119, it seems like it just got a little bit harder trying to narrow it down. But I hope this will be a profit to us. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, that I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. My first impression of this uh, short passage as a whole is David's desire, David's insatiable desire, both in obtaining the understanding of the commandments of God, but also in pursuing them and following after them. Consider again some of the language he used. Keep it unto the end with my whole heart, delight, devoted, longed after. This is powerful language, and this clearly manifests exactly how David prioritized the word of God in his life. These verses crushed me, reading through it. it. It forced me to think, what do I desire? What do I want to exhaust myself in obtaining or learning? What do I long after with all my heart? I hope this might provoke similar questions in each of you. Yes. For me, is it school? Is it getting that piece of paper? Is it a job? Is it your family? Spouse? Your children? Possessions? Money? Physical fitness? Maybe it's something more along the lines of just approval of the world. Maybe you have the opposite mentality. Perhaps your desire is to simply coast along through life being a mediocre Christian. Nothing's expected of you. Perhaps the ferocity and dedication you employ is toward avoiding the brevity and severity of life. To avoid all the truth you've been given to lead a fruitless life. Consider the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. The servants given the five and two talents doubled the investment. The servant given the one talent hid his and got nothing for it. He was fruitless. He was cast into outer darkness where was weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a terrifying state to be in if we approach the Lord of the day of judgment and have nothing to show for all he's given to us. So let's consider just a few of these verses to see how we can best learn and apply the word of God in our lives. In verses 33 through 35... David is asking the Lord to show him and keep him in his commandments. However, there's more than just making a request known unto God in these verses. There's a significant amount of work and activity being performed by David. Consider Wednesday evening's study on mining for treasure. 
digging two and a half miles into the earth for some gold and silver takes a little bit of time and effort, right? Right. So also does getting wisdom and understanding God's statutes. Yes. So here, teach me, give me understanding from verses 33 and 34. Learning and understanding are not passive actions. They don't just happen. They require some mental fortitude and effort and consistency each day to fully and completely grasp anything, particularly God's Word. So when we're reading through God's Word, let's not do it in a way as to check off a list of good deeds for that day. Let's think about each word. Meditate on it. This is the only way to get understanding for what the Lord has recorded for us. Secondly, in these verses, once David has obtained that knowledge and understanding, there's a, there's a very specific response that should be universal in each of us. Yes. A wholehearted, unwavering commitment to following hard after what is written here. Yes. Anything less than that, and we're squandering just like the fruitless servant did. Yes. And we're just as guilty and deserving of that judgment. Verses 36 and 37. As was written in the preparation Yesterday, Jeremiah 17 tells us the nature of our hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. Being that that's the case, there are some actions we need to take also. Yes. Instead of just relying on the passivity and the indifference that our wicked natures try to convince us of. First, we must ask the Lord's help to avoid the temptations and the tendencies that lead us into sin. Right. Without the Lord's mercy and kindness each and every day, there is no limit to how fast and how far we'll run towards the world and its illusions. Secondly, we must actively avoid and resist those influences, those environments, those people, whatever it might be. We have to put all of our effort against them. Don't even go down the road that might lead to temptation. Because think about the people in the Bible. Think about Lot and Samson and Saul and even David himself. They didn't put all their means possible against temptation, and it cost them dearly every time. Moving on to verse 38. Have you allowed the Word of God to be established in your life? Have you allowed it to dictate your words and your actions, even your thoughts that we're going to hear about today? Or is this just a reference book for your life when things get a little tense? Too often we deny the power of God's word in our lives and we pay for it. So how can we learn to keep the Lord more established in our lives? By devoting ourselves to fearing him. This is not to say fear in the sense that we might associate it most often today, but rather in a wanting to reverence and worship him and a fear of displeasing him with our whole hearts. For example... If you wanted your boss to like you, to do something nice for him, wouldn't it be nice to have a book or maybe even some notes about what he likes from his employees? Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord has written down exactly what he wants for us. Yes. How much more should we devour these words and learn everything we possibly can to try and please him? Yes, right. Lastly, verse 40. For anyone who might say they've been in love, whatever that is to you, you know those feelings you get when you walk into a room and they're there, or they walk into a room and you're already there. You might get lightheaded or weak in your knees. I get sick to my stomach. Whatever it is for you, all that matters in life at that point is doing whatever you can for that person. You like what they like. You hate what they hate. 
You cherish every single word they say or write to you. Well, this is David's sentiment towards the words of God. That's right. He longed for them. Yes. He greatly desired to know and follow after those precepts. These are the words of our Heavenly Father, preserved for us. He kept them for us. What are we doing with them? He, he loves righteousness, and He shows us how to live an upright life. Let's follow after it. Amen. There's a lot in these eight verses. I know that was very short and very quick. Um, there's a lot more that could be said about each and every one of these. It's a great exercise to go through all these, these eight verse segments. There's an incredible amount packed in here. But I hope... <clears throat> That through this, you might learn to proactively learn God's Word. Don't just read it. Don't just read the words. To thoughtfully consider each word. To beg the Lord to show us more in His Word. To produce fruit worthy of all He has shown us. And finally, to live His Word each day for His honor and glory. Amen.